Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay, and Happy New Year. We are yes. here again this year on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. And we are so happy that it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Happy New Year to everybody, to you, Robert, and, uh, and your family, and to everybody out there that is listening. I think that uh, we have waited so long for. Uh, you know, 2021 to come and to, and to put 2020 behind us and, and move forward. I am very excited <laughs> to move on from last year, although I, I am one of those people that thinks, uh, I mean, it's just kind of on the calendar. I'm kind of surprised that people put so much weight into it. But I think just mentally, it's yeah. it's like a fresh start. It's something new. It's that we don't have to write 20 on the paper anymore. We can go to 21. And I just feel like it's going to be it's going to be a good year, and I would have never thought last year would have ended the way that it did in the real estate world because above you know, everything that was happening and, and all the, the, um, the, the turmoil of last year, um, I, I think the one safe haven, which was kind of a surprise to everyone, was the real estate space, the real estate world, the mortgage space, the mortgage world, and just it really – performed last year and i think that that was completely opposite of what everybody was thinking i know it was opposite of what i was thinking and um i'm just excited to see where this year brings us yeah for sure i i, I couldn't i couldn't agree more um you know it was we were so fortunate and blessed to to have a a solid year in all of tampa bay the tampa bay real estate market as we've talked about on the show um time and time again um, had, was extremely robust. Everything stayed well. And if you go back to to March and April of 2020, and you know when when the pandemic was just hitting, we weren't sure what was going to happen. There was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of fear and 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 scarcity. And, and you know people didn't know what to do, and everything kind of got put on hold. But uh, you know the market stayed extremely strong and moved through. And now we have a vaccine is starting to get distributed. And um, you know, whether 2020 was a, a great year for you or or a terrible year or anything else, I think everybody is looking forward to 2021 in that, um, you know, brighter, uh, you know, days are ahead. And uh, certainly I know um, in our world of real estate and mortgage and all of that, we are really looking forward to 2021 as it should be another um, just phenomenal year. Well, it's, it's interesting how the tide turned in 2020 because I know that the year um, – it started off obviously differently than it ended. But as far as the real estate space was concerned, there was things that were starting to happen that um, uh, I don't want to say I was necessarily glad about. But as far as the beginning of the year, um, you know, when we were looking at an inventory problem, and, and this inventory problem has been going on for a couple years now, at least the past, I would say, two, three years, inventory has been trending in a lower direction. We were starting to see. Um, in the beginning of the year, that loosen up a little bit. And we were starting to see that, um, you know, instead of having three months of inventory, you know, maybe we were up to four and a half months of inventory. And while that doesn't sound like, you know, a lot of change, I think when you have a third more homes on the market for, compared to three months of inventory, I do think that that's a big change for buyers. Um, now, six months of inventory is considered a balanced market because that means every house that you have on the market would take about six months to sell. And anything longer than six months is usually a buyer's market. Anything less than six months is usually a seller's market. So what we were starting to see on the market as a whole is we were starting to see inventory loosen up a little bit. That's actually a great thing for the market because when inventory is too low, 
a lot of times there's not anything out there for people to buy if they sell. So it was it was an interesting time because we had went through this time of inventory lowering and it being a, a buyer's market generally um, to a time where buyers were starting to have a few more choices and sellers had to be not com- not totally competitive and out of control on prices, but at least a little more competitive on pricing, a little more competitive on on condition. But the pandemic and what happened as far as inventory and what was on the market completely threw a curveball to that because what we thought would happen is people were going to be out of work, people weren't going to be having jobs, people were going to be having to sell their homes and you know who knows what they would do at that point. But um, what ended up happening was that you know, people went the refinancing route, uh, rates went lower, um, people weren't out of a job, uh, most people locally at least, and and I know that's different everywhere, but locally, um, people started moving to Florida, people wanted to be outside, people could remote work, it brought more people here. So our inventory problem um, was then exacerbated by the fact that people weren't putting their homes on the market because they were just staying in them and improving them and maybe just saying, you know what, I'm not going to be moving for that job. I want to stay in Florida. I don't need this different space. I want to just change what I have. I don't need to move closer to work. I can stay right here. So um, it it made the problem completely different um, because it went from low inventory to extremely low inventory. (laughs) And there hasn't been anything that has really moved that along, which was completely surprising. And, And for you guys, it was a it was a refinancing boom for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Because rates had dropped along the way and and went back to historic lows and continue to be at or near historic lows. So if you haven't um, refinanced and you thought about doing it, you got caught up at the end of the year and now that's on your uh, your New Year's resolution. Please give us a call um, and take advantage of these low rates. But yeah, it was it, it was a lot of refinancing and a lot of people when they said, hey, well, we can just stay in our home. We don't want to move or, or deal with that, but we want to, you know, redo our kitchen or repurpose one of our rooms. Um, You know, people were reaching out to do refinancing and getting that thing. And I think another thing that exacerbated the inventory problem is it it just was taking longer for new construction to get them onto the market because everything slowed down um, for a while there because a lot of, you know, permitting and municipalities and things were closed or short staffed or, you know, social distance. And when that first started happening, it took us all as, as a community a while to kind of figure out how that was going to flow. Um, and I think it slowed down the amount of new houses that could get on the, on the market, um, you know, as quick. Well, and I think that builders also freaked out, uh, you yeah. know, as they, as they should have, I mean, you know, they still have very, very fresh memories of what happened, uh, 10, 12 years ago, and they didn't want to go through that again. And, and also, you know, getting people to work during that time, yes. uh, getting people to to have full staffs, be able to keep the supply lines open for um, for all the materials. I mean, material costs go up, which then that has to be passed on to somebody or the builders looking at a loss. Um, you know, uh, lumber prices were through the roof. I mean, really, I think it's a whole logistics thing. And, and I did actually, a um, you know, to get very inside baseball. I went to this, this course on, um, on kind of training for this type of stuff. And I I did it after the fact, but the supply chain and what happened with the supply chain was very, 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 um, 
complex because one thing could get thrown off and the entire cost of a project or the entire timeline of a project gets completely pushed back. And I think that that's kind of what happened to builders. I think that they went through this phase of not being able to get homes on the market quick enough. And then they really ramped it up. But builders, they're actually still playing catch up from from honestly from those years where they didn't build anything. And really our market, uh, not just our market, but the national housing market is still playing catch up from those years. And I don't know what it's really going to to take. Uh, I sound like a dad when I'm yelling at my kids. I don't know what it's going to take, but I, I don't know what it's going to take to get these builders to catch up. But I, I don't know what it's going to take because I I think that there's such a there's such a lack of new homes. And I know when you drive around, and you're thinking, oh, how can there be a lack of new homes? They're building new homes everywhere. But think about how many people every year need a new home and how many people right. are coming of age to buy something. And we went through. I would I would honestly say four to five years where there was either nothing being built or very, very few. And then I think the stuff that's being built now is really a lot of move up properties. There's not a lot of starter homes being built. If they build like a thousand home subdivision, I, I think probably 200 of them would be, you know, starter inexpensive homes. And I think the rest would be really move up homes. And I think that's something the market's going to be struggling with. And it just kind of creates this inventory problem that I was I was very, very surprised that uh, 2020 ended up that way, but I'm interested to see if 2021, if that will loosen. I mean, do you, I know from a, from a mortgage perspective, you don't have a crystal ball, but I would assume that rates are going to stay low and that that's going to at least help people um, qualify for something or, or refinance their current property, which is good. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, all the all the estimates and all the experts that are out there, um, and and it's it's our opinion and and our our prediction that rates are going to stay um, very low throughout 2021. Here, um, now that doesn't mean that there won't be momentary blips. You know, four to six weeks where maybe they go up a, a quarter percent or um, even maybe as much as a half a percent, but they will bounce around, you know, towards the bottom here. Um, and, and they're going to stay historically low. So you're not going to see, I don't think you'll see any sort of rates that begin with a four, um, in, uh, you know, in 2020. (laughs) Um, I mean, we are, you know, we've been in the, the, you know, for a 30 year mortgage now, most of our, a majority of our loans are, are, you know, beginning with a two, right. You're in the, the upper 2% range, um, that's been in there. And so, could they potentially go into lower threes? Of course they could, but you know, I think then then they'll come back down. So rates are going to stay extremely low. Affordability is going to stay um, extremely low. And we talked about that. I've talked about that before on the show is the affordability myth, right? A lot of people out there in the public and in the media just doesn't get this either. And so they promote it in a different way. They say, well, you know, is there going to be an affordability problem because prices are going up so quickly, so fast because of the supply and demand dynamic? And actually, when you do it, because rates have dropped so much over the past year or so, it's actually even with 7, 10, 12 percent appreciation, it still is less expensive to buy that same home, even at that higher price because of lower interest rates. And so the the importance of the low interest rates and what it does to your affordability um, really provides for an opportunity for um, a larger segment of the population to be able to buy. Well, I think it's so funny because our everything is so skewed right now because, I mean, you mentioned 
my gosh, you mentioned rates in the fours, and I about fell off my chair. I'm like, <laughs> my, my gosh, what are you talking about? Rates in the fours? I mean, what what, what madness is that? <laughs> right, <laughs> and I mean, right. And I mean, how skewed is that? Because, uh, again, I my gosh, I just I bought a house back in 2010, and even the current house I had in 2014. And, I mean, I got a rate at 4.75 and 4.25, and I thought that was the best thing in the world at the time. Absolutely. And now I'm like, you yeah. know, we're so skewed. Now I think, oh, my gosh, you can't do that in the fourth. So, anyway, just how things have changed this year, where we hope to go um, in 2021. More discussion about this when we get back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show talking to Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage and just how thankful we, we are to be on the other side of 2020 and maybe what's in store for the housing market in the coming year. Um, some of the stuff that changed in 2020, uh, there was an article this week that came out that said, uh, this kind of surprised me, but it does make sense with what we're saying. Uh, 57,000 homes in the U.S. flipped in quarter four of 2020 or excuse me at 20 excuse me quarter three of 2020 but that was actually down 6.7 percent from quarter two and it, it there was also another article that kind of piggybacked that that said home flipping profits are the highest in 20 years which which amazed me because i always think about back in 2006 2005 the kind of flips that people were doing and it was it was really it was amazing to see what kind of money people were making. But this article also says, while they're the highest in 20 years, fewer are doing it. So I think that back when the housing market was just crazy, it was like everybody and their sister and their cousin and their mom were flipping homes. So now the profits are are really good, but less people are doing it. And I think that goes to, to risk aversion. I think a lot of people are... Um, afraid of the risk, but I also think it does go back to an inventory problem. I yeah, I, I just, yeah, I just don't think there's as many opportunities that are out there. And I mean, you have to know what you're doing in this market to be able to find an opportunity that is going to be profitable. Um, and based on the statistics you're talking about, obviously, the people that are finding them are able to do it profitably. But um, it, it is certainly not, uh, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. And, um, you know, if, if you're a first timer, you may you, you got to be careful on how you go into it. And uh, I know we've talked about that on the show before. Absolutely. Well, and it says that the the median, so people always think, oh my gosh, I'm gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars. But believe it or not, the median price of a flipped home in the nation in the third quarter was only 240,000. So that's actually less than the median price of, it's actually less than the average price of a home nationally. So the, uh, the price was 240,000. That was the average price. And they only represented about 5% of all homes that were sold. And that's actually down um, down for average as well. But also only 22% or excuse me, homes priced 100,000 were down 22% year over year. So when you're thinking about people that are flipping homes, you always think, um, you know, oh, they're buying homes really low. And usually they are because they say that the deal is not made on the sell. The deal is actually make made when you purchase the home. So if you actually purchase the home and do well on it, you're going to turn around and you're going to do well on the sell because that's that's usually where you make your deal is, is up front. And homes being down by 22% under 100,000, I mean, that's that's like a quarter of all of those homes. And those are, those are the prime, when you look at that, that's the prime, 
place to buy if you're going to sell something for an average of 240 because you're thinking most of those were actually sold uh, many of those were sold below 240 for that to be the average so while you're talking about a lot of money per sell per sale you're not actually most of the time making a ton of money each time you do it you know you're you're making a couple thousand here 10,000 there maybe you're doing it less per year so if you're doing it less you actually have to make more i think i've talked myself into a circle here but <laughs> <laughs> but it, basically all that to say is there's just not a ton of deals out there and you have a whole bunch of people competing for the few ones that there are which ultimately drives prices higher which means that it's not as good of a deal and, and that's basically what's happening um and most of the time we're seeing those as all cash sales and i know this is out of the blue but is there do you see like a lot of i i don't i know they're not flipped loans but do you see a lot of um people who are going to buy a home in order to flip it is there like a mortgage for that or i mean talk to a lay person out there yeah so i mean a lot lots of times if you're going to flip a home um it, you know, flip is such a generic term, right? It depends on what you what you mean by that. And and generally speaking, if you're looking to um, buy a property, renovate it, and resell it within six months, um, we're probably not the the lender for you to be able to go out there. That is more where you're going to see some um, hard money loans or some quick loans that are that are um, tend to have higher um, interest rates and that sort of thing to that. But that's just because you know, lenders out there, us included and banks out there, you know, they're lending you money with the idea that you're going to pay it back over time. And that's how they make their money and everything else. So if they know going into it that, hey, you're going to get rid of this loan, right? In, <laughs> in six months or less, or, you know, 90 days or less or whatever, they're not going to be as excited to lend you money. Now, do we have products for that? Absolutely. And we, we can help people from that. But most of the time when people are doing a flip, they're going to some sort of hard money um, loan or a, a, a non-qualified mortgage loan or going cash when they're going to be flipping. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that the, um, you know, they, if I was going to flip a property, I wouldn't think, Oh, let me call, you know, a mortgage company. I would be looking for either my own cash or I'd be looking for, you know, who's going to partner with me in order to loan me that money. Because I do think that it gets really, really complicated when you're talking about, you know, something different like that. And, and for people that do want to live in a home, not flip it, but do a long term, you know, I want to live there, I want to fix it up. And I want this to be my house. There's other loan products for that. But we're just talking about strictly, you know, yes. buying, selling, redoing the home and, and flipping it for all for all intents and purposes. So we're going to be back right after this quick break. We're going to talk about more of what's coming up in 2021 here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corrigan from Cross Country Mortgage. Excited to start 2021 with you. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. It's, <laughs> uh, we are excited for a brand new year, and it's uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting things going and, and getting off. And um, I really believe 2021, for, for most people, is going to be a better year than the past year. Absolutely. So continuing our conversation from the first couple of segments, we wanted to talk about trends coming up in 2021. What do we see in the housing market? What do we see, you know, buying and selling homes? This one is a little more, you know, design friendly. So what do we think is going to be, 
you know, changing in-home design in 2021? What are the experts out there seeing that's coming up, whether you're going to be buying a home, whether you're going to be, you know, wanting to renovate your own home or whether you're wanting to be flipping a home? What's going to be what's going to be trends that you might want to look for? Um, It all it all does come full circle, I promise. Um, So number one on the list um, is and again, going back to what we thought in 2020, I think that since the middle of March, this list would have been changed. So if you you know heard this in 2020 and you heard us talk about trends, I guarantee you this is going to be totally different than what we talked about at that point or what people thought was going to be coming around the corner. Um, because number one on this list is dedicated home office space. And uh, I think that it was uh, something that you used to, like when I used to go in people's homes, they used to say, oh, this is supposed to be the dining room or, oh, this was supposed to be the the living room. But, you know, I always end up just, you know, throwing my computer and working from here. I have a desk in here. But this is talking about dedicated home office space. Yeah. School, th- office, everything. Yeah, right. School is such a big part when they went to virtual learning and everything else. And I think people realized last year when it first started and people were all um, required to work from home or a lot of people were working from home. Yeah, it was you know, the kitchen table or the dining room table or the family room couch or whatnot. And that was fine for a while. Um, but then people started looking at if they had additional space, maybe it was a um, a guest room, right, that they had for when out-of-town visitors came or whatnot. That started looking really, really good to become now more dedicated office space. And they started, people started beginning to, to repurpose homes um, because you just didn't want uh, all that stuff spread out across the kitchen table per se. Well, and there's different ways that you can do it. So let's say that you're staying in your your current home, but you just don't have, you know, an, an extra room. I mean, the article talks about that there's ways that you can transform yes. hall closets into an office. There's ways that you can, um, you know, pull that shelving out, get something custom built, still have it be able to be closed off. I mean, you can create a dedicated office space in really very, very small areas. And I think that that's an awesome way you know, if you have if you have a hall closet and you have nothing in there, I mean, there's ways that you can go on, you know, Pinterest or or wherever you can get some ideas to actually create an office out of that space, which is pretty cool. So um, number two, which I have been talking about this for a couple of years and I'm excited it's getting more play. Um, I hate open floor plans. I think that they're one of the worst. And now they're also going out of style. So um, number two is clearly delineated spaces and it's saying that um there's no more obsession about open floor plans they're not totally out of style yet and yet is in parentheses but people are increasingly interested in closing off wide open spaces in their homes and um we saw this trend i i I swear you can go back and listen to shows a year ago that i was saying this before this started but i think that we um we saw trends where people were basically taking out every wall in their home and you could stand in the middle of the home and see every single thing except for the bedrooms. And that sounds great in theory, but when you have two, three, four kids in your house and you guys are needing some, some of your own space, that just doesn't work out well. And And yeah, I was just going to say, and I think it's just that same sentiment, exactly what you were saying. So in a year 2020 where we had a pandemic and people were home more and so more people were in the house at the same time, all of a sudden that wide open space with the three kids and, 
you know, maybe both parents working from home and that sort of stuff. Everybody kind of wanted their own space. And I think that's really where it's coming into play. And it's going to it's going to stick around. Oh, it's definitely sticking around because if you turn on HGTV, they're already doing it on there. And that's what I said a year ago. (laughs) I mean, when you see Property Brothers throwing up walls on HGTV instead of taking them out, you know that this is a trend. And I'm I've seen it on HGTV. I've seen it on on social media. I mean, friends I know that have bought homes are are, you know, kind of bragging about being able to put a new wall up to separate space. I mean, that's definitely something that's new. And I think it's it's here to stay because people want again, it goes back to to their own space for those Zoom calls, for conversations, for lounging, for exercising. Definitely uh, open space is going to be more and more out and buyers are also starting to ask for it. So number three, houseplants and indoor gardens. Again, I think that that is um, something that the pandemic changed. I think people are very are getting very connected back to nature. I think bringing the natural elements inside, especially if you don't have a, a lot of outdoor space. I think that it, you know, some a lot of the plants can clean the air, make it feel fresh, make it feel new. And I think that that's something that's also going to stick around. Yeah, absolutely. You see more of that too. And there's lots of articles out there about, you know, you can buy certain plants that do help clean the air that tend to be more indoor friendly and and survive well indoor and everything else. And you're, you're certainly starting to see, um, those things, um, you know, in more homes. Number four, uh, this goes to more of the decor aspect, but rattan accents. Again, it goes back to, you know, something that's natural, something that's, um, you know, made, uh, that's not man-made. I mean, it it goes back to nature. It's bringing something natural in your home. And I think that, you know, when you look at a lot of stark spaces, because I think a lot of construction has went the stark route, you know, a lot of grays, a lot of neutrals, a lot of, you know, this, that, and the other, I think that you're going to start seeing more natural stuff come in because usually the pendulum goes from one way to the other. And so that's probably what you're going to see. Uh, number five, wood grain kitchen cabinets and counters. So again, back to something that's a little more natural, something that's very easy to produce. Um, you're seeing a lot of woods come back into play um, away from the all white, more natural back to wood, um, even with counters. So you're seeing wood countertops come back. And I mean, not everywhere, but, you know, definitely um in certain spaces. Number six is next level playgrounds. So this goes back to outdoor space. And, you know, while we didn't do a next level one for my kids, we just did a new one outside because we were um, wanting them to be able to get outside and go do something. And I think that any kind of way that you can get outside in your own space is definitely, definitely good. And homeowners are doing are doing this more and more where they're creating like their own little spaces in the backyard and, and whatever space that they have. And I think that, um, you know, doing something next level for the kids is definitely going to be um, in people's wheelhouse. Yeah, especially where we live here in Tampa Bay, right, where a majority of the year you can, um, we don't have a winter, so to speak, and everything else where you can't be outside and everything else is people are really focused on repurposing 
um, their outside space. Because again, in, a, in, in the past year where we were all together at home, you know, you wanted to spread that out. So you wanted to be able to use your outside space. So a lot of people, and I think the next one even talks uh, more about that of, you know, after next level playgrounds, but also outdoor kitchens was next on the list of, you know, people really expanding their outdoor space um, or not expanding maybe the amount of space that they have, but what they do with the space that's there and repurposing it and making it more um, friendly to, to be able to space out. Yeah. So, and like you said, the next on the list is outdoor kitchens. And um, what's interesting about outdoor kitchens is, again, if you would have looked at this list a year ago, one of the trends that it was saying not to do anymore was outdoor kitchens. You know, don't waste all your money on an outdoor kitchen, do a nice outdoor space, but forget the kitchen, forget all that. It's just a money waster. And now people are back really, really quickly to wanting an outdoor kitchen, wanting to be outside, wanting as much space, you know, to kind of spread out as possible. So to take your property and really extend the living space as much as you can. And if you are having people over, not necessarily everybody, and, and I think this goes to different parts of the country, but I think there are certain areas where people are probably more comfortable getting together outside, um, you yes. know, as is recommended. And I think that if you're going to have people over, it might be easier to have people over and have a whole bunch of space outside where you're in the fresh air, especially being in a place like Florida or California or something like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Number eight, smart bathroom um, innovations. I can't speak too much about this because I don't necessarily, I, I I haven't necessarily seen something like this take hold yet because it's talking about, um, you know, touchless appliances in the bathrooms and, and everything like that at home. I haven't necessarily seen that yet. I don't even see a lot of that in the stores. So I think that this might be a little ahead of the, of the curve, but it's on here. So maybe we'll see it changing. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's a, it's ahead of its time. It'll be interesting to see if you know six months from now, we're going to see it be commonplace. Right. Touchless faucet in your bathroom. Nine retro furniture and color palettes. Again, going back to design, I think that everything's been so neutral for so long. You kind of see the pendulum swing the other way. And I think people just want something um, different to do. I also heard once that a lot of times things like mid-century modern and, um, stuff like that, like especially um, mid-century modern, 70s, and probably pretty soon 80s, a lot of that comes back in style because we as adults, we crave really what we get good memories from. So like grandma's house or your parents' house when you were really little. So a lot of times stuff comes back into style because we kind of search that out. So I think that that's probably going to be happening in our own spaces and it'll probably be 80s design in homes before you know it. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, yeah, right. Black lacquer everywhere. Uh, and number 10, cozy layered vibes. So again, being really comfortable in your house, um, you know, especially if you're looking to stage a home, if you're looking to um, sell it or, or flip a home or whatever, and you're looking at kind of some staging things you can do, just making people feel really comfortable in a house, layering stuff, not, you know, minimalism where you're taking everything out. I think that trend is kind of, over for a bit when people want to be more comfortable in their home. So if you're looking to to stage and and flip a home or even stage your own home to sell, make it look really cozy, throw blankets, pillows, drapes, you know, anything that can make it layered. So it's exactly what you think. So think of layering something layer in your home and it will make it uh, more appealing to somebody. And that's the trends that you're going to see this year. 
Uh, Mike, I don't think we've even given out our number yet. What's a good way to get in touch with you if they're wanting uh, to answer any questions, uh, if they're wanting you to answer any questions about mortgage? Yeah, for, for sure. Thanks. Uh, you can always reach me directly at 813-377-2743. Again, it's 813-377-2743. Or you can go online to Cross Country Tampa, all one word, um, crosscountrytampa.com. Um, and get some information there, fill out an application, reach out to us, um, and, and myself and my team will get back with you. Awesome. And we'll be back right after this quick break for our last segment here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. And we're back here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show for our last segment. Thanks for sticking with us for the first show of 2021. I'm Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo, here with Mike Corgan from Cross Country Mortgage. I want to wrap up the show just by talking about maybe what our personal predictions are for 2021, because I know that this has been a lot of expert predictions, but what our personal predictions are for 2021. And um, we're definitely on record now because we're being, uh, we're being yeah. recorded. So, Mike, what do you think is going to happen in the mortgage world this year? What's your best bet for what's going to happen if you were a betting man? Yeah, I think um, in the mortgage space this year that um, first and foremost, I think rates are going to stay um, at or near historic lows. I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I think you're going to continue to say extremely low rates. Um, and I think you can count on that. Um, I would I wouldn't wait. I don't think they're going to go drastically lower. So I don't believe that, you know, mid year you're going to be able to get another half percent down from where they are here. Um, I think they will bounce. They'll go a little bit lower. They'll go a little bit higher. They're going to stay um, relatively low. But if you're looking to um, buy a house, I would jump on the opportunity now because the the value of the homes are going to continue to rise. That would be my next prediction. But or if you're looking to refinance, um, I would take advantage of it now while while you while you can and while it's there. Um, because while these are predictions, and I'm very you know fairly convicted in what I'm saying and what what I think is going to happen. Um, you don't, you never know. Right. And right. Uh, in a year like 2020, where, you know, nobody would have predicted what, what was going to happen. Um, you know, I would take advantage of the opportunity and then, you know, so that's what I think is going to happen in the mortgage world. And I think you're going to continue to see in real estate. And I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder here, Robert, but no, I think go you're going to continue to see, see appreciation, um, healthy appreciation in the overall Tampa Bay market. Um, and so, um, I, you know, five to eight percent to potentially in certain areas of 10 percent, I think, is certainly um, possible and, and warranted in there. Um, I don't think you're going to um, you won't see any slowdown. I think it'll go up there. I don't know if it could go much higher than that. But I think if it does that also is that that remains in a healthy range for our real estate market locally here in Tampa Bay. I don't think, and I hear this friends ask me all the time, but are we starting to get into a bubble is, you know, are we going to go back to 2008 and, you know, um, me being in my mid forties, I mean, a lot of my friends went through that or they saw people going through that and, and experience that I, it just, the, the statistics say it's just not going to happen. Um, that even if there was, you know, even if I was dead wrong and that rates went up and, um, you know, there was a downturn in the market, it, there's not going to be, it's not a bubble. Um, like it was back during the financial crisis. So, I mean, all is well in the mortgage and the real estate market. And um, it certainly seems like sunny skies ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, I would tell you, I would actually back that up. And I'm actually, I know people out there on the show don't know me, but I'm actually not like Mr. Positive. I'm usually, I used to, I describe myself as a realist, which some people would say is negative, but (laughs) I think it's realistic. And I actually think the same thing. I think that um, there's really, unless there's an event that we can't foresee, and obviously the pandemic was something that we couldn't really foresee last year. So unless there's an event that we absolutely cannot foresee and isn't on our radar at all, and I think the pandemic, the pandemic's on our radar. So I'm taking that into consideration. There's actually, I think, Besides an event that we don't know, there's the market's going to keep doing what it's doing. I think it's actually going to continue to appreciate. I think the only thing that could stop it appreciating is for some reason a complete uh, ridiculous jump in mortgage rates with inflation or something that's not on the table. I don't even expect that at all. But I'm saying I think that that's really the only thing because there's so much demand out there. I don't think that people quite understand how much demand how much people just are looking for homes, looking, looking, looking. They they can't find anything. They want to sell. There's nothing out there for them to buy. They, they were first-time homebuyers. They can't find anything. Those people are not going to want to stop looking for a home tomorrow. Though, there's just going to be more people that are looking for homes. That That's just the way that it goes. There's going to be more people that are qualifying, more people that you know want to jump into the market and relocate and buy something. And the market needs a lot of homes for sale and the market needs a lot of inventory. And I think that even if you had something, knock on wood, something unforeseen happen where there would be a lot of inventory on the market, we would have to have so many homes on the market to even fix our inventory problem right now. And um, and I think there's really no way that it's um, – there's it's going to keep going up. That's what I think. I don't know that it's going to be 10%, but I think it's definitely going to grow. And that's, that's my prediction for the coming year. So Mike, one more time, how do they get in touch with you if they have mortgage questions and want to uh, get those answered? Yeah, please reach out to us. You can call me directly at 813-377-2743. Again, it's 813-377-2743. Or you can go out to the web at crosscountrytampa.com all one word, crosscountrytampa.com. And give us a call. We'd love to help answer your real estate questions, get you help buying, selling, whatever you need. Our office number is 813-359-8990. You can go online. You can check out our socials at Duncan Duo Team. Uh, Reach out to us on our website. Go to thedunkanduo.com. You can search for homes. You can look, look for mortgages. You can get qualified. They'll send you over to Mike. You can uh, look at the MLS. You can look at any homes for sale. Um, you can look at all of our advertising. Go to the duncanduo.com. We can chat with you there. You can send us an email, whatever you need. We'd love to help you out. Thanks for joining us for the first show of 2021. Happy New Year. Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Happy New Year, everyone.